Welcome to the point after on WDVE Pittsburgh. The entire Steelers radio broadcast team is here to break down the last game. Here's your host, Missy Matthews. You, you know, don't don't ask me whether I'm happy about anything. You know, we just played poorly and got beat. Everybody, welcome to the point after presented by Parks Casino. Missy Matthews, Bill Hillgrove, and Craig Wolfley here to take you through the Steelers. 24-10 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. Back-to-back home games, uh, the Steelers losing. Billy, that is not something that we say very often. It has not happened since 2003. And, you know, Coach always preaches win the home games, do good in the division, and yesterday neither of those things happened. It was uh, not a good day for anybody wearing a black jersey. Um, and, you know, okay, Najee, uh, he was, you know, what uh, – 90% of the offense, it seemed like it. Uh, but if he doesn't drop three balls, he sets a Steelers record. Am I not correct? He I think he pretty, still set one, didn't well, he? Well, for a running back. Yeah, for a he running back. He was tied back. for but third I'm by any player. Yeah. Overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so everybody has to, as Mike Tomlin says, own it. And it was, a, as the late Myron Cope would say, a clunker uh, of the first water. I mean, it was not good. No question about it. I'd really, in my mind, it was a Murphy's Law day. Uh, when you have a situation where you've got four penalties in your first three possessions, uh, that, those are drive killers. Those will absolutely undermine any drive that you get going. And when it came down to that, that uh, was a third and eight, we were just talking about it, when uh, Joe Burrow dropped back to pass, and Riley Reef, the right tackle, he's got a wall right, so he's got Jameer Jones to his outside shoulder. He's got Mel Ingram to his inside shoulder. And Carmen, the right guard, the rookie right guard, decides, oh, I don't need to go out there. I'll just sit down here with uh, Trey Hopkins and with Quentin Spain, the left guard. We'll triple team Cam. Poor Cam, <laughs> right? And you got Riley Reef with one hand on, on Mel Ingram, one hand on Jameer Jones, and these two are coming like their hair's on fire. And I'm thinking, that's a sack, that's a sack, that's a sack. And they actually creamed each other. They blew by Riley Reef, who was just, like, stunned that there was no, nobody to the inside. And then Burrow somehow evaded him. They crashed into each other, wiping each other out. He evades Chris Wormley, and somehow he ghosted Cam Hayward, which, you know, was still coming on after three guys. <laughs> you know, only battling three guys there maybe. But, you know, that eventually ended up being a holding call. But it said to me right there, wow, there's just a lot of things going wrong at the wrong time. And, you know, it, it kind of was, what do they call it, the juxtaposition? And film, you know, oh, they say well, ten dollar you know, word. Yeah, I know, I know. How about that? I'm pulling out the big ones, I'm hanging around with Max too much. But you know, <laughs> the thing about it is, um, it was kind of a prelude to what could was going to happen. It just uh, the snowball got bigger and bigger as it went it down did. the hill, and you know, just Billy the penalties. Coach Tomlin has brought those up after the game, making the routine plays. You could talk about the drops in a little bit, but. Illegal formation, holding, false start, things that just drive killers, as Ben Roethlisberger said last night. A lot of little things that add up to big things, especially when they kill drives. I was disappointed that we had the worst sack-protecting line in the league through two games, small sample size, and we didn't get any. You know, that was disappointing. And then I understand you have Highsmith out, you have TJ out, but still... Sooner or later, if that is the worst sack team through two games, you should get one or two anyhow, and we didn't. Well, part of it, and I, I think Cam Hayward really nailed it. If you don't get the lead, you can't attack with that that 
high high intensity pass rush. You know, they're gonna be when you when you have the lead and you get a running game going, and the opponent knows, okay, they can eat the clock. They got the lead. We've got to start stretching ourselves, throwing the ball. Now it's time to dial it up, and that's what Cam and the boys do. It probably better than anybody. But unfortunately, when you've got four of the the seven guys on your front end there that just, you know, they're, they're having issues. Uh, whether it's Alex Highsmith or T.J. Watt, or, you know, I mean, you're losing Ty, uh, Tyson. He's down. You know, um, there's there's a lot of sacks to be made up for, and uh, certainly when you don't get the lead, when you're not presenting any offensive threats uh, immediately, it's it's problematic. Well, I know I mentioned this uh, yesterday during the game broadcast, but T.J. Watts played eight career games against Cincinnati. He has seven and a half sacks against them. So you lost that production, as you mentioned, due to the injuries, and that did um, snap the the longest active streak the Steelers had going with 75 consecutive games. Didn't make it to 76, but no quarterback hits either. And I, I do agree with you, Wolf, and, you know, what Cam said and also just the fact that, you know, First game without Tyson, the injuries, but um, it just felt like nothing was going right, even on defense, and usually that's the unit that you know you can get some production out of. Unquestionably so. And, you know, you, you look at it and you think, okay, uh, Cincinnati really wasn't doing a whole lot up until that, that three-play series in the second quarter. I think they had like 90-some yards total. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a couple first downs. I mean, nothing was really happening. The defense was still making plays. But it was just kind of, like I said, a prelude to what the, the, the kind of kibosh that was going to occur later on, and things just started to get out of control. If you just glance at the stats and see total yards, uh, third down conversions, you say, well, the Steelers uh, did a great job. But then you look at the Kevin Colbert, Frank Reich stat, and uh, the Steelers got killed. I think it was 9.8 to 4.8 or something in, in that vicinity. Well, there, there's no doubt. I mean, the average pass per attempt, you know, I mean – you look at Burroughs, he was 14 of 18 for, what, a buck 70 something or other? You know, he, again, that was exactly what Ben did in Buffalo. You know, you, 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 know, you just do what you need to do to get the job done. And you don't have to overthrow it and you don't have to uh, do a, a whole lot of things when the defense is able to play well. And, and you know, they were. And now, again, the, with uh, the defense being kind of um, missing its stars, quote unquote, uh, you, you've got some issues there and the offense has got to pick it up. And they just not picked it up. And what they know, they know they can do so much better. I mean, you can hear it and see it in Ben at the end of the game. He knows. He knows. And I think right now they're caught in a little bit of indecision as to which way to go. Do you start drawing from last year, or are you uh, the young buck that was, uh, you know, extending plays with his legs early, you know, in your career? So it's one of these nether worlds. I'm, I'm, they're unsure. I think of which way to go. And I think Cam was definitely mad. I think he said mind-boggling. Um, you know, after the Steelers' offense ate up eight minutes and 32 seconds on the clock, that 15-yard play ends with a Pat Fryermuth touchdown. You think, okay, well, they're going to go into halftime tied. This isn't too bad, right? And the Bengals respond very quickly, 75-yard drive, that touchdown. Of course, there was that roughing the passer call in Melvin Ingram, which I think we all agreed in real time didn't really look like much. Did you get a chance to go back and look at it, Wolf? It's egregious. It's egregious. I mean, all I can say is – Tell us how you feel. Well, I can only – you know, we should call Jack Lambert up and say, Jack, how do you feel? And it would start with uh, some sort of wardrobe alteration. I won't be here in the morning, but on the morning show, I think Gene Steratore is a guest every Tuesday. I would love to hear his response to that. You know they'll ask about it. Yeah, probably. I would imagine so. 
Um, but sincerely, you know, you think about it, you have, you've got uh, pre-snap penalties, which are, are problematic. You know, you've you got to make sure you line up correctly, whether you're covering or not covering uh, at the end of the line, man on the end of the line. You've got to be, be sure of your, not to false start. Those are pre-snap penalties that kill you. But then you have process penalties, too. You know, and those those are tough, but it's kind of like the price of doing business. You got uh, in the first three series there, you had uh, Kendall Green got a holding call. Well, you know, he's trying to keep a man who's on his front side A gap from getting out on a wide pitch. And he, he goes, he, he, he hangs on a little bit. That's a problem. All right, you got to be a little more subtle. You can't grab out in the middle of nowhere. You know, maybe try cutting the guy in the legs or something like that. And then you've got uh, Chase Claypool who gets called for pass interference when he he goes inside and he literally looks like an NBA forward setting a pick. You know, I mean, you just you can't be that blatant. You've got to have a greater subtlety to it. I think also, uh, you know, we talked about we always talk about complimentary football. That's something Coach Tomlin preaches. But Boz yesterday missing a field goal that's very un Chris Boswell like. And as you said, the Murphy's Law. It just it really felt like nothing could go right yesterday. You know, I, I I've been in games like that where you just, you know, you. One thing starts to go wrong, and then another, and then another, and before you know it, you are fighting for your life, and all of a sudden, the score is like out of control. How did that happen? Well, it's just a series of events that occur, but the problem is, it starts to become a mindset where people start to go, oh boy, what's what's going to happen now? The other shoe to drop, so to speak, that sort of mindset that creates a problem for you, and it's part and parcel of not being able to start fast. You know, you need to come out of the gates faster, especially at home. You know, yeah, you'd, you'd like to do it on the road. That's one of the prescription uh, things to do to quiet the crowd and so forth. But, you know, at Heinz Field, at your home, you got to come out and, and get smoking a little bit right away. And that's unfortunately not something that they've been able to do. And I'm trying to remember the last time they scored a touchdown on the opening drive. It was against the Bengals at Heinz Field last year. So it's been about 10 or 11 straight Cut games going back to 2020 Seriously? that they haven't been in the first quarter. You know, this is this is the great recall you can have when you don't have ramnesia. <laughs> when you haven't spent your lifetime well, well, ramming your head. Well, you absolutely need very little recognition. There you go. <laughs> absolutely. Good job, Missy. But that's the kind of stat you need. I mean, you understand that you need to come out and put some points up. And unfortunately, they've not been able to do that. Here's a concern for me. I mean, I just uh, looked at a couple of stats, and I'll make this one up, but I'll use uh, – Facts to back up what my point is. You you have a, an 8-minute and 32-second drive that leads to the touchdown to Friermuth, and then you have a 9-minute and 2-second field goal drive, mm -hmm. and your 10 points took 17 minutes and 35 seconds off the clock. Well, you had the ball for 35 minutes and 22 seconds, so that's just about half the game to produce 10 points. That's not efficient. No. No, obviously that's not. That's not something you can hang your head on. I mean, time of possession, and I'm a big proponent of time of possession, but it's got to result in points. You know, you can't possess the ball just to possess the ball. Otherwise, in basketball, they wouldn't have a shot clock, right? I mean, you play the four-corner offense and you just hold the ball. Well, okay, big deal. You're possessing the ball, but you're not doing anything with it. Well, the same thing exists in the NFL. I mean, when you talk about time of possession, you're talking about accumulating some points along the way. And unfortunately, that, that did not happen.
I want to go back to the fourth and 10 play in the fourth quarter where Ben threw it to Najee Harris in the flat after the game. Coach Tomlin said, you know, we fired all of our bullets at that time in terms of play selection. Uh, Wolf, what did you make of just that situation and where the Steelers offense was right then? Well, I was a little perplexed because um, that looked to me like um, you you waved the red flag. But in, in retrospect, when you think about it, um, if there was supposed to be some offensive linemen out in front of them, which is what I heard post game, well then that that's changes the whole thing. All right, if you're going to play the picket fence along the goal line, okay, all right. So now you you understand it's going to be very hard to do anything uh, in the end zone, but you got to do something. I mean, you've got to at least attempt it. But if you're going to dump it out to Najee like that, that's you're not even got a chance. Well, if the offensive line is supposed to be out there blocking, and one of the things that I saw. On the screens, they've got an opportunity to do well with the screens, but you've got to have the kickout man get out there. One time, Najee missed the kickout block on on uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, a couple times, Chooks was slow to the to, to, to the contact point. Um, Trey Turner came in and dusted the seat of the pants of a couple guys, knocking them down, um, which was great. But it was it was a little too late. You know, you've got to be out there. Screens are tough. You got to go one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and if that's the count. Boom, you got to get out there and you got to sprint and you got to draw a bead on the guy. Kick him from the inside out, making sure to create a pathway for the back. Well, if you're late, that guy is already up. And if, if he's if he's already past the, the point where you can intercept him, that, that, that play is dead in the water. So that's a, it's a fine point. You've got to make sure it's tuned up. But a couple of the screens didn't go because the kickout man and, you know, the second guy turning up, they, they got there a little too late. Ben said they're having great practices. They're, he feels like the meetings are productive. Everybody's buying into, you know, the new system and what they're trying to do under Matt Canada. Is it just a matter of it's it's harder to implement in game situations? Oh, there's no question that, you know, they're, they're, they're right now in the rough of it. Okay. Um, here's the thing about it. You, you, there's times when you got to set your jaw, you know, and you just got to go, okay. Um, I'm, I'm mad as heck, and I ain't going to take it anymore. Mm-hmm. And they started to do that in the second quarter. It was a perfect example of what, watching this team. All right, we're, we're starting to find our way a little bit. You saw a couple of Najee runs that were first downs. They had one holding call. And, and one thing I'd say to Najee is, you know, be careful of your body language just because, you know, I know you get upset. And I would too. You know, you just had a great run, and then it comes back and that. But, you know, that can feed over time, you know, and bleed off to other players. And be the leader, the great leader that you are out there, and, and just come back. And with that attitude, you came back on the next play and ripped the 17-yard run. And, and I'm looking on the, at the line. The line's coming off. They double-teamed. They blew some guys off the line of scrimmage. And I said, that's what it looks like. That's what it's supposed to be. And you've got to be able to kind of capture that sort of moment and use it as a reference point and say, okay, this is what we're capable of doing. We can do this. And we got to do it again. And that's just – a process of young guys got to grow up and they got to grow up fast and they've got to stay with it and you can't lose them. You can't get down. You've got to grit your teeth and you got to get back to it and work hard and don't quit. We can say Murphy's law, but the players should never think like that because once it gets into their head, even especially early in the game, uh, you know, it becomes contagious and uh, it's, it's not the right thing. Well, you don't want it in your noodle, but the the, the point is it comes about on its own. <laughs> well, now, okay. nobody speaks of it, okay, and what you're saying, right. I get it. I've sat there, and you just 
you look, I, I remember looking one time at Brian Hinkle, and you just look and, and he'd shake his head and you go, I know what's going on in his gourd. I know what he's thinking. You know, Keith Willis, you know, um, Mike Webster, you know, <laughs> like, oh, man. You know, they're just one couple words, and you know exactly what they're thinking. But that doesn't mean that you let down any resolve or anything like that. It's got to double your intensity because Chuck would always make a point of coming up and, and letting you know this is about what you bring to this this game. It's not about the emotion and all that. This is about what you bring yourself, your enthusiasm to play this game. You can and, overcome. And once that crosses your mind as a player, especially a young player, uh, you try to do too much. Oh, absolutely. You, you try to win the game on your own because at lower levels you had the talent to do that. And at this level it takes team. No question about it. All right, guys, we're going to take a break, but I do want to remind you for the most complete selection of Steelers merchandise from the official sideline gear, authentic memorabilia to our extensive selection of jerseys and terrible towels, visit one of the official Steelers Pro Shop stores located at Heinz Field, the Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or you can visit us online at shop.steelers.com. That's for all of your Steelers merchandise needs directly from the team. You are listening to WDVE, the point after presented by Parks Casino. We'll be right back back to the point after on dve and rolls a little bit over the middle friarmouth to the goal line touchdown pat friarmouth his first as a pittsburgh steelers and the steelers are now in position to tie it up all right that was with 104 left in the second quarter yesterday everybody welcome back to the point after presented by parks casino i am missy matthews with bill hillgrove and craig woofley pat fryermuth became the 53rd player to catch a regular season touchdown pass by quarterback ben roethlisberger uh wolf what did you like about that play and just what you've seen from fryermuth so far through these three games what i like about this young man is uh you know he he's excellent catching the ball everybody knows his catch radius is I don't know, it's huge. Seems to be huge in, in my mind. Um, he's he's a willing participant in getting after it blocking. Now, he's not the greatest blocker. He has some issues there. Uh, he can get out muscled, but at least he's going in there. He tries to body angle up and come after a guy and try to finish off the blocks. And, you know, um, I, I think he's just excelling and coming along just like a good rookie should. And he's got an opportunity to keep going at it because the more you feed the ball to this guy, I think he's going to be a bigger weapon. As we go along, and by golly, that run, that run was, if you see the the mash of people and bodies, um, most guys don't run that well inside tackle to tackle if they're not a ball carrier, if they're not well acquainted with the carrying the rock in that sort of situation. This kid, he's scrappy, man. I mean, he's, he was just doing whatever he had to do to get across the line of script or the, uh, the goal line, and he did a great job. This was not tight end down the seam. No. It was the opposite, and he did a wonderful job. Getting to the chalk. He did indeed. And, you know, that whole series that uh, we were talking about this earlier, guys, I mean, uh, what we were talking about off the air, you know, they ran that shovel pass series a number of ways. They were doing it off the, the counter tray, they were what we used to call the counter trap. You know, they did it once with Derek Watt when they had to. They were trying to put the defense up. Sam Hubbard, they were trying to put him in conflict, make him create a situation. It's almost like uh, Lamar Jackson with, with the option. You know, when you, you have that option read and all that stuff. Well, they're just doing a slight variation where you've got a trailer coming along. And is Derek Watt the trailer on the, uh, on the turn up on the, on the trap block? Or is he going to you know, be the recipient of a pass? So it was creating a sort of conflict for Hubbard. But Hubbard played that one pretty good 
uh, on Watt. But at the same time, um, they've got more, and they've got RPOs coming off that. So I would think we'll probably see more of that. Was that similar to Juju's rushing touchdown last week? Um, no, that was a jet sweep. Okay. That, yeah. I mean, and, you know, it's it's emotion, you know, and, and there's things that Matt Canada is doing that's good. It's I mean, you know, people want to just widely label, uh, you know, something as no good. You got to break it down and see the increments that are coming along. There, there's parts that are really good, but there's parts obviously that that got to be reworked or got to be uh, gotten rid of or you know what have you. But it's this is about a process of the guys staying together and working together. And let me tell you something: if if, if you aren't up to the fight, you're going to find it real soon. I'm a, I'm I'm thrilled to go to Green Bay. I got to tell you something. I am so looking forward to this. Maybe not our travel plans, Billy, but <laughs> but aside from that, to go in there, there's nothing. When everybody's down on you and you all you got are your boys and you're together and there you go into a hostile stadium where you know what? If you don't bring your A game, you could get absolutely blown out of the stadium. Let me tell you something. There is few thrills like going in there with a balled up fist with the whole world hating on you and people putting you down and stuff like that. And you go out there with a purpose and a group of guys who are all of the same like mind. And let me tell you something. This is a good time. We're going to find out who's got some fight in them. We're going to find out who the real guys are and who the pretenders are coming up because the, the excitement about what's laying in wait for you at, at one of the most hollowed franchises in all the NFL, let me tell you something, man. It, it's going to be something. And add the emotion of the late start, 425. Absolutely. No question. And did you guys watch their game last night, the Packers? Woo! I, well, until the old man here fell asleep. <laughs> I was watching. <laughs> to be them. fair, I did too. But I woke up and I went, "Oh, that's how it ended." Okay. <laughs> it was pretty exciting. Do you finish it? No. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Billy I beat I us. I was gone in the first quarter. <laughs> oh my goodness! I was watching it. You know, that Aaron Rodgers is amazing. You know, he is amazing. But at the same time, um, look, anybody can be beaten. And the fact of the matter is, you have this. Um, a, a awesome task in front of you. Let me tell you, I have enjoyed going into the Oakland Coliseum when, when it was such a bitter rivalry, going into Dallas, Texas Stadium with the roof open. So, you know, um, you know, and, and, and all these things where you have that rivalry thing. And it, let me tell you, there's it's, just, it's a beautiful feeling. I want to stick with the tight ends for just a second. We saw a lot of, uh, I will say, Wolf's guy, Zach Gentry, out there yesterday. 17 snaps. Uh, I know you are a big proponent of him, but yes. Pat Fryermuth had 30. Eric Ebron had 47. And I went back and looked. Ebron has yet to catch a ball from Ben. I know he was targeted yesterday. There was at least one drop that I counted. but right. um, Three targets. So what do you make in terms of how they're trying to utilize them and now that we're seeing a little bit more of Gentry as well? He was not targeted at all, though. Right. Well, Zach, is he's a big target in a sense. They, they, they lock him up with some big people. This kid, I'm telling you, I love the fact that he's come along and gotten more physical. For a former quarterback from Big Blue, what is mm-hmm. it, Michigan or whatever, you know, this kid came out and everyone said, yeah, he's a work in progress, he's going to be a tight end. Well, he's put some muscle on, and he's also – you know, it, it, he's got a there's a there's a um, there's a hardening about him that comes about when you've been in the uh, trenches for a while, and you either you either get tougher or you get gone is what happens. And this kid's gotten tougher, and I looked I I gotta believe he's still got pretty good hands and and can contribute in the passing game at some point. And when they go two tight ends, um, I I really think that uh, Gentry's a guy that that 
deserves to, an opportunity to get looked at there. Eric Ebron is a quality pass receiver normally, but he's got some drop ish issues. But Gentry's the better blocker of all three of them, no, no, no doubt in my mind. So uh, I would like, I'd like to see him have more opportunities. All right, let's talk about the O-line. Uh, Billy, we have our O-line expert here. Just what do you make of their play after three games, Wolf, in terms of are they gelling? Are they getting the piles to fall in the way they want? Are they being physical, this nasty demeanor that we've heard so much about throughout the offseason? Yeah, uh, look, it's it's a work in progress still, and it's it's tough because right now you got two young guys. Dan Moore got – he had some trouble yesterday. You know, I mean, you got Trey Hendrickson. This is a 13-and-a-half sack man from New Orleans. Uh, you're out there on an island. The kid battled. He got caught a couple of times. Um, they could have, I thought he could have uh, probably helped him out a little bit more, a little more wall protection, a little bit more chip. You know, whenever I moved out to tackle, I always used to tell, you know, Coach Noel, say, well, give me the, hey, you got a two, you got a pro bowl over at right tackle touch, right? So you give me the wall, give me the tight end, give me the back to chip, and I'm going to take a ball boy out there and throw it at him, okay? <laughs> That's a lot of room out there, all right? So, so uh, you know, for for uh, Dan, he's he's – He's going to take his lumps. He's getting some of the best pass rushers you're going to get, and he's seeing guys he never saw in the in the sack. But he's he fights, he fights, and he hangs in there. And he he's one of these guys. I believe he's going to take his lumps, but he's good. He's going to go through that hardening process. Look, the thing about an offensive line. I'm sorry, I don't mean to talk so much, but um, when you go through the adversity, the fire. Uh, you know, and everybody's like going, you guys stink and this and that. Well, there is a, a coming together that only can be had by the offensive line because five is one and one is five with the guys. And you start to see the man to your right and the man to your left. And, and you know that outside of this huddle, nobody's got your back, basically. You know what I mean? It's really you guys. You guys are out there sheriffing the pile for the wide receivers, the backs, the quarterbacks. You know, you – you know, defensively speaking, the defensive line does that for them. But at the same time, the hardening effect of guys coming together and, and taking it on the chin for a little while but fighting through, this this offensive line has, I think, the ability to manifest itself towards the end of the year in ways that um, could surprise some people. Will we get an update on Kendrick Green tomorrow? Hopefully. Uh, I was just looking through my list of injuries from in-game. Juju Smith-Schuster, we know, left with a rib injury. Chooks was evaluated for a possible concussion, and then Kendrick with that knee. So, you know. That's the one that troubles me. Those are some major ones yeah. that, you know, he, he did stay on the sideline. It was towards the end of the game, so there wasn't an official update, really. I think they listed him as questionable. But he was walking around fine. It, who knows? I don't, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I don't right. want to play that. But it, it I feel like if it's you if can it's play severe, one on the radio instead of the TV. That's though. true. I can. <laughs> I feel like if it was severe, they made it, maybe would have taken him to the locker room. Um, so you know, fingers crossed, like you said. He seemed to respond right away, positively, trying to walk it off. And I know if you have an ACL, you can do that. But it, it didn't look like it was an ACL, and hopefully, it's something that uh, he can recover from. And uh, are they listing him as day to day? Coach Tomlin usually kind of sets the tone in terms of what that will be, be on tomorrow. Tuesday. So, okay. yeah, so we'll have to wait tomorrow at noon. Um, you can catch his press conference. Well, we're going to have to wait for that. I have a question, Missy. Do you have all the snap counts of everybody? I do. Okay. Derek Watt. He ha uh, he played seven snaps on offense. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, one of the things was that shuffle pass, which was a positive. I think he gained three, four yards. That could have been more. That was a good play by Hubbard, being able to sink back in into uh, the line of fire and be able to tackle him from behind. But he also worked at the H back. He played fullback. Uh, they, I was a little, I was a little surprised by the toss pitch from uh, I think it was I formation on a second fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a little unusual time to come out with a fullback. But you know, um, you know, I. Matt Canada is a good offensive coordinator. Make no mistakes about it. And however this is transpiring right now, when they get things together and they get on the same page, this this could be a very potent offense. You know, um, so I again I, I know people are, are getting uh, a little bit crusty about it and, and they hear me saying, Well, give it time. Well, here here's the thing about it. You either you, you got two choices. You get better or you quit. You know, and I, I don't see anybody that's ever worn a black and gold jersey quitting. I know I just don't believe it. You know, I, it, there's at times it may, you know, you sit there, the, the spirits are down and everything. But, you know, I've just never known anybody just give up and quit like that. You've you got a choice to make. you got Green Bay waiting for you. Let me tell you something. If that doesn't make your, 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 your warrior blood and your, your veins kind of <laughs> stand up and go, let's go, and make you snort a little bit. I don't know what it takes because that's a great opportunity to rectify all things. That's exactly what Ben said in terms of you just have no choice but to try to get better. No one's going to quit. And he said he was going to preach that and, you know, was getting very nostalgic about, you know, it was taught to him when he was a young guy. And there are a lot of young guys. And I was telling you guys off air, Najee Harris, um, I think he said it's been high school or middle school that he's had two back-to-back losses. You know, you go to Alabama, it's, it's kind of a powerhouse in college, I think that's fair to say. And, you know, every time when we talk to him on Fridays, it seems like, you know, it, it, it's just a different atmosphere for him that there are really good players on the other teams too. Um, and he even said that some teammates, some of the veterans, you know, went up to him and said, look, this is a different world here. You know, we have to kind of like buckle <laughs> yeah. up. And I, I mean, Billy, you know, they used him so much yesterday. He said it wasn't design plays. Uh, a lot of them were the checkdowns, but – he actually got his first 100-yard game in the air opposed to on the ground as a stealer. He had uh, 28 touches, and I think that's what they'd like to be consistent with, uh, have him touch the ball that much, because up to this point he hasn't touched it that often in each game. Now, I know uh, you know every game is different and every game plan is different, uh, but uh, it's, it's fun to watch him, especially in the flat, because if they try to bring a smaller guy up, he runs him over, and if they – put a linebacker out there with him, he's going to probably fake him out. And uh, that's that's a great weapon, that little hitch pass uh, in the left flat, and he knows what to do with it. Uh, although a couple of times he did take his eye off the ball uh, trying to see where the defender was, but, you know, young players can do that, and you have to overcome that. To quote the late, great Mike Webster, Men, you'll have that on big jobs like this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a big job. All right, we're going to take one more break here on The Point After, presented by Parks Casino. You're listening to WDVE. We'll be right back. Back to The Point After on DVE. A little something called pride when you play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, when you put black and gold on. And um, you may not have have the best day. Things may not be going your way, but you don't quit. And you, you get back up and you fight. Uh, it was instilled in me when I got here, and I hope I can keep passing it on to guys. Um, I know the the guys in the 70s and the Steel Curtain and just everybody that, that has put this jersey on knows what it means to be a Pittsburgh Steeler through wins and losses. And so um, we just got to keep 
instilling that message to everybody. All right, I tried to paraphrase that earlier, but it was better to hear it from Ben Roethlisberger. Welcome back to The Point After, presented by Parks Casino, Missy Matthews, Bill Hillgrove, and Craig Woofley. And I do want to talk about Ben and, guys, just the number of hits that he has taken. Eight sacks, four of them coming yesterday, Billy. Seven hits yesterday, 23 hits through the first three games. And going back to 2020, last season, he was only sacked 13 times in 15 games. So what are you seeing in terms of just maybe the beating that Ben is taking at this point? Well, I think uh, the reaction to that may be what Wolf has already touched on, and that's to get rid of the ball quicker. Didn't he have the best uh, quick release last year of 2.1? Was that the average? I'm uh, not sure know, if that's the number, but he and did. And I know we became a West Coast offense, really and truly, and we didn't we didn't do well, especially at the end of the year. Um, I, I think we have to get back to more of that, uh, just because Ben he's just not going to take the beating uh, the rest of the way. I mean, you just average the sacks out, and that's too many. Um, it's not David Carr, <laughs> but it's bad. And it's, there's an extra game. Yeah. Oh. I wasn't even factoring that into it. Um, so I, I think getting rid of the ball quicker is one of the answers. And I'm sure the coaches have discussed it. No question. Look, you know, I I, I understand Ben. I, and I, I, I listened to him talk, and, and I, I watched the interview. And, it, you know, he's not kidding when he talks about the heritage and legacy that's left by those that have come before you and how you feel that. And it's very strong. And part of the reason he's getting whacked is he's now trying to make some plays, creating more opportunities for his receivers to do a little bit more, and, and that's cost him. And, okay, all right, it's it's part of the game, and he's just going to you know get the Epsom salts out, and you're going to have to do it. But make no mistakes about it. This, guy's, this guy's got a lot of courage, man. You know I mean? You're almost 40 years old, and a lot of us, uh, you know, I, I sit there even now when I'm down by the field, which hasn't been lately, but, you know, when I was down there, and, and you know, hear the wax and the cracks and everything else. Mm. I remember asking Tunch one time ago, did we really do this? <laughs> I think maybe it was just a dream because this looks far too violent. <laughs> I remember after a game back when Jerome was here, uh, I just happened to walk by. It was on the road, so, you know, those tiny rooms. And I walked by John Norwig's room, and there is Jerome up on the table. And he, his back was toward me. I couldn't believe the number of welts on his oh, yeah. back. I just couldn't believe it. And, you know, that just accents, uh, accentuates uh, the adage that uh, the NFL is a tough way to make a living. No question about it, but there's none better, none better to do. I well, love it. And, <laughs> and, and, and to that point, uh, it, it takes special people to love to play that game. I don't happen to be one of them. <laughs> I had back trouble, a yellow streak about that wide going from bottom to top. No, uh, but it does take special it's, people who revel in the fact that uh, a good hit is, that's what I came for. A slobber knocker is a great way to clear the sinuses. And, and I remember uh, I remember Cedric Wilson came to the Steelers from 49ers? I believe so. I think. Yeah. And it was up at St. Vincent, and he caught a pass over the middle, and somebody clocked him. And he got up as if to say, what's going on here? This is practice. And, and a voice, and I can't remember who said it, uh, said, hey, this is uh, how the Steelers do things. Mm -hmm. And that's well, the standard That's Vincent. the standard that mm -hmm. Mike refers to. And, and, and Ben pretty much uh, expressed it in words in that bite. 
Right. And, you know, Ben came into the game with that left pectoral injury. And then we saw in the interception, he kind of got hit right, you know, weird, awkwardly in that right elbow. So, You're talking about the one Hubbard hit him? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, they asked him after the game, how do you, what hurts or how are you feeling? And he said, everything hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it it will. I mean, especially losing makes it hurt even worse, you know, and that's just a fact of, uh, a fact of uh, being in the game that long and undergoing. Look, the, the guy the guy got hit a lot early in his career, and it was when Todd Haley came and they said, okay, you know, you got to get rid of the ball faster. We want you to, you know, be healthier and stick around. And he really took it to a fine art last year until the running game gave it away. You know, without the lack of running game was just you can't do that. You know, I mean, when you have no running game, all they're going to do is set that picket fence thing up and, and tackle the underneath. And that's, you know, that was the, the story for the late last year. The long pass in the NFL is described as any pass over 25 yards. So I looked at the stats. Well, the Steelers had one pass over 25, 29 to Claypool. The Bengals only had one pass over 25, and that was the touchdown to Jamar to, Chase. To, to Chase. And, and as he Wolf so aptly described that one, he grabbed the back end of the ball, oh, not God, the front. Yeah. Uh, but uh, how did the Bengals get away with that? Well, they only had to throw the ball 18 times because Joe Mixon in that running game had it cranked up. It, the running game is, I just believe that there's so much more on the, on the bone, as Mike Tomlin would say, and get that running game going. And I, I just think that uh, it cures a lot of ills when you're able to impose your will and start moving people and create that running room. And I, I just look at Najee. The kid has got so much talent. And I think right now he's pressing a little bit. Like they said, hey, look, he's, he hasn't lost two games in a row. Well, I came from Syracuse. I was quite I was pretty well acquainted with losing a couple <laughs> in a row <laughs> or more. But the fact is, this kid, you got to keep him on board. You got to keep him hustling. And I'm sure that he's got a very determined iron spirit. And, you know, the rest of the team, you got to back him up and, and keep going. And he looks so hard to tackle. You can't get an angle on him. And even if you do, he's physical enough to deal with that. I mean, the guy is special. He can still jump over you, too. Back, we saw out. that. Yeah. And we saw the stiff arm last week. The stiff arm, the bionic, st the Vance McDonald stiff arm. <laughs> the banimal. Yeah, the banimal. There you go. I love Plant that. of the week. Yes. We already uh, went over some of the injuries, as we said. Coach Tomlin will hopefully give us some updates or some guidance. You know, we always say practice will, participation will be the guide in terms of practice. But uh, the Steelers are able to have three players return from IR to practice, that being Zach Banner, Stefan Tuitt, and Anthony McFarland. You're allowed to start practicing. That clock starts, and then you have until week six. If you're not activated to the 53, you go back to IR. So they, they do have some time to play with. But um, Zach Banner, you know, just talking about the offensive line, getting the run game going, Wolf. If he is able to go and play in Green Bay, and where do you see him fitting in with this O-line and helping them hopefully, you know, get the arrow pointed up? You know, if, if everything's, you know, working perfectly, meaning that knee is just fine and is not a problem, you know, and, and Chooks has got, uh, he's got dinged a little bit and you're going to go through the concussion protocol, um, there's a possibility that Zach could, you know, be called upon sooner rather than later. But at the same time, if Chooks is still able to go and, and Zach is maybe, maybe you just want to ease him in by going back to the tight end role, giving him the opportunity to create that outside leverage. I love the fact that he gets on guys that, uh, maybe they're, uh, you know, half a person or a person lighter than him. Well, get on him and blow him off the ball the way he was doing, you know, last year, um, uh, you know, or two years ago, I'm sorry. Uh, 
you know, that, that could possibly, you know, bode well for the offense, jumpstarting the running game a little bit. And it also gives Zach an opportunity to see where that knee is because it's better being going forward off that knee than going backwards on a knee if you've, if you've had an ACL injury. As someone who had an ACL injury, <laughs> um, I always found it more difficult in the pass protection. I didn't, didn't feel as strong as, as coming off the ball, getting after it. Again, they could start practicing on Wednesday, but, you know, Zach Banner obviously would be helpful. As Wolf said, Billy, I think, you know, if Stefan to it, if and when he can return, that will definitely help the defense where, you know, they went into the season thinking Cam Hayward would, you know, it would be more of a rotation and he could come off a little bit. And I think we've seen without Tyson Aluwala, we're seeing a lot of Cam, a lot of energy, a lot of him trying to make some plays. Are the Steelers short at tackle if indeed uh, Chooks doesn't make it back? this week um that's a good question you know joe Haig came on and he gave some valuable reps look he gave up a sack but you know what at that point uh ben was back i remember what eight nine steps deep and it was uh hendrickson on one side and uh coming off the other side was hubbard um it's just one of those deals where uh he got beat for a sack all right those things happen but Haig is a guy that uh, can put in some positive reps but Can't, you, I still want, I, I'd still want Chooks to come out and play. Okay. All right. I still, you know, um, if he could, if he would get to more of the knee bender, the power, the strength that this guy's got, the feet. And I know a lot of people sitting there go, I don't see it. Well, you got to go and watch the tape. You got to watch it over and over. You got to see the minor things that are out there. When you see him pick up a guy, throw a guy down, all that stuff. It happens. It's going on. But he's got to be more consistent. He's got some gaps in his game, as we all had some gaps in his game, unless you're Alan Fanick or, or Mike Webster. Is there any Wolfley there who can move outside? Um, th- thankfully, there's no Wolfleys in there. <laughs> Check the roster, Wolf. I, you know what? I, I, I should play volleyball. I could set with the best of them. Oh, my. You know, um, right now, uh, I think, you know, Zach is going to be uh, a guy. You come along, and again, you got to see where Chooks is, where Dan Moore is. Um, I think you got to think about giving Dan a little more help on walls, on chips, uh, having a tight end over there that, that can help out a little bit. Um, but listen, Dan's got to, he's got to lump it up. I mean, you got to take your lumps. There's no, you know, if, 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 if you don't get better, you're not going to be out there long. Mm-hmm. Okay. And sometimes you got to weather the storm. And I see what I like about Dan. I see fight. I see, I see this kid out there fighting, scrapping, and he's staying after it. Sometimes he loses a little bit of composure. He gets caught in a bull rush and he's, uh, you know, it's like my dad used to say that, you know, sometimes when you're up to your butt in alligators, it's difficult to remember that the primary objective was to drain the swamp. Okay? <laughs> so when, you're, when you have things going on like that, you might, you know, you, you, you end up clutching, doing whatever you can, trying to stop it. But he's got to take these lessons and learn from it. You know, just as Kevin Dotson is going through that process and you got Kendrick Green going through that process. You know, there's a lot of young people, and Trey Turner is one of those guys that uh, has got to be able to be a leader out there and settle people down. And uh, I, I'm sure that he has, and, and he's talking to them. But uh, again, those young bucks, they got to take some lumps. It's the way of the NFL. You don't walk in and, and come out clean jerseyed and clean sheet all the time, man. Especially at that position. Absolutely. Leon Searcy never had a helmet his first year, it was a first round pick. You know, Mike Webster never played tackle until he he got thrown out in a preseason game on national TV. He gave up two sacks to Jack Youngblood 
And then he told uh, his line coach, he said, I ain't going out there for the second half unless you go on national TV and tell them I never played tackle before. <laughs> All right? I mean, people don't understand. You take your lumps. That's just part of the growing up that you got to do as a young offensive lineman. Alan Fanica had some tough days. All right, not many, you know, because he was able to make a lot of tough days for his opponents. But you ask Allen, and he'll tell you in the quieter times, you know, yeah, there was this game, that was that game. Because anybody, anybody who's spent considerable time in this league knows, you know, you, you, you can get whooped at any time. You know, I mean, it's just the way of the league. Billy, a lot has been made. Obviously, the Steelers sitting at one and two, last place in the AFC North, three games in, as we said, long season with an extra game. At this point, stay the course, shake it up. What do you think the Steelers need to do as we move forward to Green Bay? I, I just think they have to play better. That's all. Uh, I wouldn't shake too much up except for maybe uh, allowing Ben to get rid of the ball a little quicker on occasion uh, and set up game plans in that style. Uh, other than that, they just have to get better and play smarter. You know, the, the pre-snap penalties, that, there's no excuse, none. Uh, illegal um, uh, formation. formation. Yeah, yeah. And that's you have eyes. Look, you know, are you are you covering somebody? Step back. And that's exactly so, Billy. And here's the thing about it: you got to grow. You got to keep getting better, and you got to work. And that's the only way. I remember Chuck Knoll telling us after our infamous '89 start when we were, you know, fifty-one to nothing, forty-five to ten, and he just stood up and said, "Hey, fellas, nobody." Nobody's riding in from the east here. Do you understand? We're not changing anything, okay? What we know has worked in the past will work today. But you have to decide that if you're going to be a part of this, that you're going to work and do everything you can to make sure you're doing your part to pull us along here. But there is no magic bullet. All the, all the answers to all the questions that you guys have right now is found within these four walls and in between all 45 of us, okay? So you've got to decide, are you in or are you out? And that was Chuck's message. All right, I like that. Uh, we will be riding out to the West-ish to head to Green Bay for week four. West-ish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as the Steelers prepare to face the Packers 425 on Sunday, that's going to do it for this edition of The Point After, presented by Parks Casino for Bill Hillgrove and Craig Wolfley. I'm Missy Matthews. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next Monday night.